Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Candid Catholic Convos. So the other night, my son was helping me take out our dog before we all headed up to bed. It was a beautifully clear night, and even though we're on the corner with the streetlight, the stars were making a grand appearance. My son looked up to admire them and said, wow, I feel really small. And I didn't know what to say, because yes, against the vastness of the universe, we are in fact very small, but I wanted him to feel empowered. I wanted him to know that he is in fact capable of big things. But I didn't say anything, because recently, I too have felt very small. I have to be very intentional with the information I consume because it becomes very overwhelming very quickly. There's a lot of negativity in our world, a lot of pain and violence and things I can't control. And I am a very type A personality. My love language is acts of service. I like having control and I show love by doing something for someone. So when I can't control my environment or the outcome of any situation, I feel helpless. Sometimes it feels like nothing I say or do matters because I am so small, because I am not big enough to make a change that actually matters. But lately, I've been feeling this tug at my heart, a tug that says, yes, you can do something. Yes, you can make a difference. Yes, you can change the world. Like God is just sitting there poking me saying, hey, I have an idea. You should really pay attention. I may not be able to solve all the world's problems, but I can at least do something, right? Something that will, at the very least, benefit my children for when they inherit the world. But what? To help me unpack this, I've invited Eric Failing, the executive director of PA Catholic Conference, to give us some tangible, actionable ideas on how we can truly enact change. Eric, it's so great to have you back on the program. I love having these chats with you because you're always super fun to talk to. So thanks for joining me again. Thank you for the invite. Always, always a pleasure. So for those who haven't listened to our previous episodes, um, which if you haven't, you should really go back and listen to them. Could you tell me a little bit about yourself and what PA Catholic Conference is all about? Sure. No, and thank you. Uh, again, thank you for, for inviting me back on the uh, on the show. Um, always a pleasure to talk with you. So the Pennsylvania Catholic Conference, we're um, uh, officially the public affair arms of the Catholic Church in Pennsylvania. So we work with uh, the bishops um, in all the dioceses in the Commonwealth uh, to represent the church. I spend a lot of my time uh, up on the hill in Harrisburg uh, lobbying for all the different issues uh, that are important to the church, um, which spans a great number of issues, right? 
Um, the bishops have made it very clear uh, when I first started as executive director um, that we should be involved in all the issues um, uh, that we need to be uh, to make sure that all people in Pennsylvania are treated with love, dignity, and respect. So um, as I'm sure you can imagine, that uh, that spans everything from making sure people have uh, proper transportation to um, affordable health care, you, you name it, uh, we're, we're involved in it. So That's pretty cool. So personally, politics has never really been my thing. It's always just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, it's just never super interested. You know, I came from the opinion that like, oh, my vote doesn't matter much. And I was just very naive thinking that, you know, everything will work out. But Pope Francis has said Catholics are called to participate in politics. You know, St. Thomas More, for example, not for the drama, although I'm sure there are a lot of people who are involved just for the drama, but because it's one of the highest forms of charity and participating includes staying informed. So as, you know, the public affair arms of the church, what are, you know, you mentioned a couple, but what are some more issues currently on the table that PA Catholic Conference is working on that we should know and we should care about? And how does that affect not just the people of the church, but people outside of the church, the whole population of Pennsylvania? Sure. No. And, and thank you for the question. You know, when I first started um, in my career, um, I, I had no intention of going into politics. Now, that was I think, three decades ago. But but one of the main reasons why I did was, especially as I was younger, I was I was rather opinionated uh, young man going through through undergraduate school. And uh, quite frankly, I complained a lot. And my mother, uh, God rest her soul, uh, always would, would, would tell us kids that uh, we have absolutely no right to complain about something unless we're willing to jump in to try to fix it. Um, and that sort of one thing led to another. And I've been, uh, I, I always joke, I've been um, in and around uh, the political industry for about, like I say, about 30 years now, have prayed for a release from it for about 28 years, but the good Lord <laughs> sees fit to have me working in the, in the industry, which is fine. Uh, I, I am truly blessed. So yeah, some of the issues that we're involved in, um, I mentioned some of them, but there are, there are several that we're trying to highlight this year. Um, like we have in other years in the past, but uh, you know we certainly have our our wish list. Um, as you know, in Pennsylvania right now, we have a divided government uh, between Republicans and Democrats. You know, and and people regularly ask me, "What, Eric? You know, what are you? Are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? You know, what are you?" And I always say, "You know, I'm not an R and I'm not a D. I'm a C, right? I'm a Catholic. That's how I approach all the issues. Um, so human dignity, uh, pro-life issues, certainly ones." Um, that we champion above and beyond uh, all the others. And I'm not just talking about um, uh, anti-abortion. We're talking about uh, health care for expected mothers, trying to reduce maternal mortality rates. We're pushing an issue right now, bipartisan sponsorship on, 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 on this issue, that uh, would provide medically fragile Ill, uh, infants with pasteurized donor human milk. Now, I'm, I'm just going to pause. I, I, never, I didn't even know what that meant. When when the executive director of the committee called me and said, "Would the would the Catholic Church like to be involved in pasteurized donor human milk?" I had to look up what she was even talking about. But but here's what here's the way the issue goes. So you have a child born either with severe medical problems uh, or perhaps born to a drug addicted mother, uh, perhaps a premature child, uh, but for whatever reason can't take um, uh, the mother's milk. We know that if that child in those situations can receive um, 
milk uh, from a mother, uh, survivability rates go through the roof. So in Pennsylvania, we do have uh, milk banks uh, where uh, moms who have excess milk can donate their milk. And we are trying to work with ways right now to make sure that those medically fragile infants can receive the benefits of that pasteurized donor human milk um, uh, when a physician orders it, regardless of the, the income level uh, of the parents. So we wanna make sure that all these children are taken care of. So, so there's, there's an issue. Um, human trafficking has always been a big issue for the CAFA conference. We've worked on this for many, many sessions. Uh, we're continuing to work on it again this session. We have several flagship bills. One, and I think this is a common sense bill, we know where a lot of human trafficking occurs, right? And we know that some of the hot spots for that can be hotels, motels, and truck stops. So we're working again, a bipartisan issue, um, to make sure that the workers of hotels, motels, and truck stops have basic training on how to spot the signs of human trafficking and what to know when they suspect that going on to try to clamp down on this. We're working with another legislator again, working in a bipartisan manner to go after illicit massage parlors. We know that oftentimes those are locations where a lot of individuals go through human trafficking. Um, you know, I, I once had somebody call me up and say, you know, thank you for tackling human trafficking, but you really need to uh, tackle pro-life issues, you know, uh, tackle abortion issues. And, and I remember saying, I appreciate what you're saying, but if an individual is, uh, is a victim of human trafficking and becomes pregnant, do you really think that the, the person who is uh, forcing them um, to do these, these things are, are going to let them raise this child in a loving environment? No, they're probably going to take them for an abortion, right? So when we think of pro-life, when we think of human dignity, we come at it from all angles, right, to preserve the dignity of the person. Death penalty. You know, we, we believe in, in the sanctity of life from natural conception to natural death. And, and we're very happy that uh, uh, Governor uh, Josh Shapiro actually said that he was going to extend the moratorium on the, the death penalty in Pennsylvania. So, of course, we, we thanked him right away for that and offered our help to try to abolish it once and for all legislatively. So we will continue to work along those lines. School choice, obviously a, a, a big issue. You know, and, and sometimes I get asked by people, so are, are you only for parochial schools? And I go, well, of course I'm for parochial schools, right? I went through parochial school. My son went through 12 years uh, of parochial school, go rocks, right? I, I love Bishop McDevitt and Langston and all the others, but I have to say, go rocks for my son. But we, we have a lot of children in public schools as well. We have a lot of uh, uh, children in this Commonwealth in charter schools and homeschooled. And, and what's important to us is that every child receive the education that he or she is, is best suited for. And, and who knows their child better than the parent, right? How, how their child is going to learn best. That's going to be from the parent. I can't tell you how your kids would learn best. I have, I have no right to tell you that. Um, I, I know what was best for, for my son, and that's why he went through 12 years of parochial school. Um, so we're always supportive of school choice uh, and, and the parents' ability to choose that. Um, you know, and, and, and I know it's, it's sad in the news, but we see so much hate out there. Uh, so we're constantly working to try to, to battle those forms of hate wherever they happen. Um, you know, it's okay to disagree with people on issues. And, and I'm not sure why in America, so many of us seem to have lost sight of that. It's okay to disagree. It's not okay to hate somebody because you disagree with them. It's not okay to hate somebody because of some sort of stereotype you've attached to them 
or, or to a group of individuals. There, there is there is no place for hate. You know, and as the Catholic Church, I think we're all called upon um, to attack that hate, to, to try to address that hate through love, right? That's what that's what Jesus told us to do. And it's it's funny. I so I'm a catechist as well at my church. And, and I always try to, to remind my students, you know, and they know this. I mean, they're good kids, right? You would hope that when people go out, they would never be hateful towards another person. But yet people then get online and they act horrible <laughs> to one another. Yeah, it, everybody's it, so brave behind a keyboard. Yeah, right. I'm no longer Eric. I'm, you know, I don't know, whatever name, one, two, three, four, you know, kind of like, and, 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 and somehow... People think that gives them a license to be a horrible individual. Well, it doesn't, you know. However you're interacting with somebody in the real world, in the virtual world, social media, what, whatever it is, uh, we can't lose um, sight of the fact that we're, we're called upon to be loving Christians. And I think as Catholics, it's, it's just incumbent upon us to continue to bring that message, especially when we're being attacked especially over social media, especially in the workplace or at the supermarket or wherever that happens um, to, to always try to combat hate with love. I love that. I love, especially after, you know, the passionate Easter services that we all just went to, or hopefully all went to that where Jesus combated sin with dying for us through love. Like he didn't have to hang on the cross, but because he loved us so much, he said he was willing to go through with it. And I love that the policy is that PA Catholic Conference is working towards, you know, most people, when they think of pro-life, they think of just the unborn, but it's, it's the whole life. And I love that you guys are working towards issues that run the gamut because, you know, we're not just unborn babies. We are, we're school-aged children, we're teenagers, we're young families, we're the elderly, we're people in prison. It's not just one singular issue. And I, I love that. And I don't think that gets enough attention. So I want to, I thank you for bringing that up. And, and thank you. Cause you're right. You know, homelessness, hunger, poverty, criminal justice reform, we're involved in all of it and we should be right. We, we, we should be reaching out for, with, with love and respect to, to all individuals, no matter where they are in life, no matter good times and bad times. That's, that's what we're called upon to do. I want to kind of circle back to something that you mentioned um, about hate and violence. Something that I find myself increasingly called to take action on and somebody who never wanted to get involved in politics before is now feeling like this is something that I need to speak out against um, in some way, shape or form is just the alarming amount of violence, particularly in schools. You know, I was, I was there for Colum well, I wasn't at Columbine, but you know, I remember Columbine. I remember um, Virginia Tech. In fact, my roommate had actually lost somebody. And then there's Sandy Hook and the the increasingly amount of violence just everywhere you turn. And again, like you said, it could be online, it could be virtual, it could just be, you know, people bashing other people on the street, violence against women. It's it's everywhere. And every time I see it, it just absolutely shatters me every single time. And I know Padre Pio's famous saying is, you know, pray, hope, and don't worry. But sometimes it does that doesn't seem like enough. So is PA Catholic Conference working on any sort of policy to address the increased violence that we're seeing in our societies, maybe like against cyberbullying or something like that? And what are some ways that regular citizens, someone like me, can make any sort of difference in areas like this that concern us? You know, we are, and, and thank you. Like I say, we 
we're working with Republicans, we're working with Democrats, we're we're working to try to address hate in all of its forms uh, um, against any group or any individual. Um, there's there's numerous pieces of legislation out there, many of which we've sat down with Republicans and Democrats. We've sat down with our attorneys and we've authored them, and and we continue to try to to find ways to address it. But but let's be honest when it when it comes to this violence that we're seeing, this epidemic of violence, you got to go back to the source. Why why are people doing this? Why does it seem like it's so much more rampant today? Um, it's very difficult to hate somebody that you know. You may not agree with them, but it's very difficult to hate somebody that you've actually gotten to know. Why? Because you realize that, yes, you may have differences. Yeah, you may not agree with everything that you know John or Sally thinks or says, um, but I think you find that you have a lot more in common than you probably suspected once you get to know them. Sadly, in our society, societal morality has taken um, the forefront and uh, Judeo-Christian morality seems to be pushed to the back burner. And that's a scary set of affairs. Um, our morality has not changed. The morality of Christ has not gone away. Um, you know, we, we love our neighbors as, as we would love ourselves. I mean, that's that's the rule that we're, we're taught. Um, that in millennia, that hasn't changed. What society thinks is appropriate and not appropriate, well, that changes from age to age. Um, and, I, and, and I fear that we've, we've gotten into an area uh, or a time in society when it's all about the self and not about the other. Uh, and when it becomes about the self, you don't care about the other, and therefore you really don't care how your actions could affect the other. Right? You know, when I drive to work <laughs> anymore, it's a terrifying experience. Right. I, I, I don't understand why people are driving so fast, swerving in and out of traffic just to get to the stoplight two minutes before I get to the same stoplight. But, but in doing so, they just put the lives of countless other cars and vehicles and kids and are in jeopardy because they, they don't think about that. Uh, they're only thinking about themselves. And, and, I, and I think that's an epidemic that's going through society right now. Now, how do we fix that? Look, I mean, we can work on legislation. We can work on penalties. You know, for for inappropriate behavior, we can we can work at uh, you know educational classes for schools and all. But what it really comes down to is, we have to have love for God. We have to we have to bring back that morality uh, into our society, and it starts at home, right? That's that's what the Pope says. That's what our church tells us. Is the building block is the family. It's uh it's it's a challenging time to be sure. But there have been other violent times in history as well. Uh, I, I do agree with Padre Pio. Pray. It, it'll work out. God's going to take care of his kids. But we also have to take some responsibility, too. You know, we have to call out the hate when we see it. We have to respond with love. Uh, we have to make sure that our kids and our families um, act and, and respond in the appropriate ways, both in the real world and in the virtual world. So. Absolutely. And prayer is like, especially if you don't know what else to do, like just sit down and pray. Like, yeah. that's probably one of the more powerful things you can do if you can't physically get in front of a legislator or like enact change like instantly. Because even if you were to get in front of somebody, it's not an overnight change. It's not like, hey, you know what? That's a great idea. I think we should do it. And then poof, it happens. It's it's a drawn out process. Change is is not instantaneous. I, I tell people all the time, if it was easy, if these problems were easy, they wouldn't be problems. They'd have been solved by now. Right. right. And 
know, we have over 250 legislators in Harrisburg, and 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 I honestly believe they all came to Harrisburg because they're trying to do the right thing, right? They're trying to make a positive difference. Uh, they may come at it from different angles, but I think that they're all there because they want to do what is right, that to help as many people as possible. But poverty, homelessness, hunger, violence, it's been with us from the dawn of time, it will be with us until the end of time. These are difficult issues. Um, you, you chip away at it the, the best way you can. You know, one of the things we, we try to work with, uh, in Pennsylvania, we have food deserts and we have Wi-Fi deserts. Now, what does that mean? That means whether you're in a rural area, an urban area, suburban area, there are just places where people don't have ready access to food, the fresh food, which is what we call food deserts, um, due to lack of transportation, due to lack of stores, due to lack of uh, opportunities or choices, whatever that may be. Uh, but we're again, we're working with legislators on both sides of the aisle to to identify those areas and then try to find ways to to correct it. Um, you know, we talk about Wi-Fi deserts. It's the same thing. It's we know during the pandemic, um, a lot of people had to rely on technology to get information, right? Um, and there are just areas in our Commonwealth, and it's not just rural areas. it's it's downtown urban areas as well where people just don't have access uh, to the internet, uh, the high-speed internet. And, and that's a problem when government continues to put more and more of its resources and services uh, online uh, for consumption. If you, can't, if you can't get to it, then it's not gonna help you out at all. So, so we're working with all the groups that we can to, to try to make life a little bit easier for people. Um, you know, when you make life a little bit easier for people, um, they have a tendency to be less frustrated, less angry, less stressed, um, you know, I, I've heard people say, you know, I've, I've prayed it before. I, I don't expect for an easy life. I, I don't. Life's hard. Just, you know, it just is. And that's okay. It's just sometimes I would like it to be just a little bit easier, right? Just a little bit easier goes a long way some days. Um, and the more that as Catholics, we can do that for our neighbors, I think the better off everybody is and the less prone to some of these violent altercations we'll have. Right. And it it circles back to being pro-life. I mean, if you're pro-life and you care about the dignity of a human being, you care that there are food deserts, you care that there are Wi-Fi deserts where somebody doesn't have access to resources that they need, or, you know, especially during the pandemic when people relied on the internet for work because there was no other way to get to work, that, that creates financial insecurity. And it's comes back to if you care about the whole person, these issues are worth tackling. So I love that that and there are so many issues. Grab one and tackle it. <laughs> right? Run for office if you'd like to. Go and meet the legislators. Uh, they're just normal people. Um, schedule a meeting. Go to their district office. Sit down and talk to them. I, I try to encourage people to do that all the time. And and some people, a lot of people I talk to, oh what but that's a senator. Uh, that's a representative. They they wouldn't want to talk to me. Yes, they do. And if they don't, then shame on them. Go and talk to your to your elected leader. I love to talk to elected leaders, especially in their district office. And I'll tell you why. Because when you sit down in their district office, that tends to be where they have the most personal uh, things, right? The pictures of their family, the fish that caught on vacation that's hanging on the wall, you know, kind of thing. Um, you can you can walk in, take a quick scan of the room, and get a real good idea of who that person is, what makes them tick, what they're really interested in, um, and you can find that common ground. And once you can find common ground with somebody, you know, that's the beginning of a relationship. 
And once you once you start those relationships and keep those positive relationships going, you will make a difference. I cannot tell you the number of times I've heard legislators uh, say that they've done this or they've done that because I was talking to a constituent of mine and he or she said that bop, 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 and it, it impacts them. It moves them. It's those personal stories that gets the vote. And the more we can meet with them and share those stories, the better off. Right. And you can't hate somebody that you know personally that you share right. a common ground with. It's hard to. That's right. Yep. So kind of taking a little bit of a detour, we're smack in the middle of April and April is Child Abuse Awareness Month. Um, it's no secret that the church has been through a lot regarding this topic, but can you expand a little bit on what Pennsylvania Catholic Conference has done, has done, and has expanded on to safeguard our children from abuse? Um, I know that there were policies enacted in 2002, I believe. Um but are there policies currently that are that that PCC supports um, regarding child abuse that don't necessarily have to do with the church, but just in general, like um, protecting the children of Pennsylvania? Sure. As a matter of fact, we we just again met with Republicans and Democrats alike. We're taking a look at some uh, some national database models um, uh, that keep track of, of of people who have been arrested of uh, of child abuse. Uh, to look at, at, at a different clearinghouse, an additional clearinghouse that can be employed by anybody who volunteers with children um, to make sure they haven't fallen through the cracks, you know, going from one state to another to try to hide from, from something like that. We want to make sure that anybody that's in front of a child, that that child's going to be safe, number one, and have a positive experience with, with that volunteer, uh, whether that be through training, as you know, with the Catholic Church, um, certainly in the, the, the Diocese of Harrisburg, you can't volunteer with a child unless you go through the uh, the online training, uh, the the spot child abuse, uh, to know how to be the mandatory reporter and how to report those things. You know, you have to go through the criminal background checks. You have to go through the child abuse screens, uh, and that's good. And, and that's that's it's all good stuff, but it's not enough. Um, we want to make sure that no matter where you have lived, <laughs> we we can make sure that you haven't done anything inappropriate um, that could put a child in jeopardy here in Pennsylvania or here certainly in our diocese. Um, and we want to make sure that it's not just volunteers with the church, but it's everybody. I, I have had many legislators come and sit down with me and go, tell me everything that you guys are doing again, because we know, look, there's been issues, but we know you've taken just extraordinary steps to put things into place to make sure it doesn't happen. Um, so what have you done? And, 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 and how, how can we replicate that model in other areas? Um, so yeah, we, it's it's an ongoing process. It's it's never done. We're we're constantly having the, the folks that work with our children in our schools and our in our districts, our volunteers, our DREs, um, uh, our attorneys. Everybody is always working. It's a topic that is it's just it seems like it's in almost every meeting. What more can we do? Right. That's really promising to hear, though, that the people from both sides of the aisle are not just interested in what the church has done, but interested in in how they can how they can expand on it and how they can make it universal and just continue to protect children. I remember I remember growing up, they used to teach us about stranger danger and like some guy trying to lure you into his car with his lost puppy. But now it seems that, you know, anybody your child comes in contact with, especially a trusted individual, could be a potential threat. And it has, it's comforting to know that, especially with the church, that 
anybody who volunteers with the church or works with the church, for instance, has gone through an extensive, because I can attest that it is a pretty extensive process to be able to be face-to-face with a child. And even teaching our children what strange, not necessarily stranger danger, but strange behavior. My kids know that, you know, if if a trusted adult does this, that that is not something that's normal. Um, And it's something that needs to be brought to the attention of a safe adult. Um, And I think the church has has really kind of carved out a path for other people and other institutions to, to follow. So I really like that we're like, it's great, but it's not enough. Yeah, it's it's never enough. And, you know, one of the things I like about how we are attacking the issue is, you know, it's not just, okay, Eric, you're going to get trained on how to spot it. And if you spot it, here's what you do. Okay, that, that I mean, that's good, but that's not enough. Okay, now we're also going to educate the students and the kids. Okay, this is appropriate. This is not appropriate. This is what you do if you're uncomfortable, right? And that's good, but that's not enough. And then we're going to add a third layer on it where we're going to take Eric and we're going to run every check imaginable on him to make sure he has never done anything that is ever going to pop anywhere on a record. That's good. Okay, but let's now take it another step further. Has he done anything else anywhere in the nation that somebody might have a record? You know, you know, okay, well, that's good. But that's not enough. Okay, so we're going to go to every other institution that we interact with and go, so what do you all do? What are your best practices? So we can see what our best practices should be. You know, And it, it's that constant evolving uh, conversation of what more can we do? Because there's always something more. It's just... Uh, we're going to, we're going to continue to do everything we can. Right. You do, you do the best you can until you know better and then you do better. So is there anything else that you would love to share about what's going on with Pennsylvania Catholic Conference, what you guys are working towards and how we as Catholics can continue to stay informed and participate in our local politics? Sure. You know, join us on social media. Um, our director of communication, Al Ganoza, is constantly posting things on social media. And and one of the things I like about what Al does, he'll um, he's interviewing legislators that are Republicans and Democrats all the time. He covers committee meetings and uh, things that are said on the House and the Senate floor during debate. You know, and sometimes I'll get calls from people saying, well, why are you highlighting that legislator? They're, you know, they're against us on this issue or that issue. I go, well, yes, but they're human beings and they're also with us on these other issues, right? So, you know, the purpose of the Catholic Conference, uh, one of the purposes is the public relations firm, is to, is to let Catholics know, here are the legislators that are out there, and here is what they're saying. We may not agree with everything that they're saying. Um, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, but it's important that people know. Um, and and, that, and that's, it's a good way to stay informed on what your elected leaders are doing, saying, promoting, um, et cetera. Um, you know, there are many times, well, pretty much, 99% of the time, I'll walk into a legislator's office and, you know, I'll have a list of things to talk about. And, you know, on the list, it's, well, uh, actually, never mind. You're against me on that one, right? You still against me on that? Okay, good. So here's, <laughs> you know, sometimes you would agree to disagree, right? But you, uh, you foster that loving relationship and they go from a almost furious, angry standpoint of how much they're against you to, Okay, well, I still disagree with you, but I understand your point, right? And 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 that's the beginning, isn't it? When when someone goes from just being really really angry with you because they disagree to going, okay, I still disagree with you, but but I understand where you're coming from, and I might not agree yet, but you do have some good points there, right? That's that that's that crack, 
right? That's that that's that's how the Lord works. You you crack that hard shell and you let the Lord do His work. Uh, you plant those seeds, and um, that's what we're called upon to do. You know, it's um, it is truly a blessing to be able to work for the church. You know, it's one of those things that I would be doing anyways, and uh, like something to get paid to do what I love to do, uh, which is which is teach the Word of God, preach the Word of God. I always ask my kids in class the same thing I always asked my son when he was growing up. So every week on Sunday for, for religious ed, they come in and they go around the room and, and I ask him, so what did you do this past week to show everybody that you're Catholic? By your actions, not just by your words. How did people know you were Catholic by what you did this week? Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly trying to, to challenge myself to do the same thing with every interaction I have. Because I think that's how we combat the violence. That's how we combat the hate. And that's how we um, we fulfill our mission that Christ put us on. I love that. And I'm going to start doing that with my kids as well. Because right now we just do, what are we grateful for today? Um, but I love that. How do how do how does somebody know that you love God? How do how do you show with your actions Christ's love and the fact that you're Catholic? Um, I think that's awesome. So, Eric, always a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for imparting your wisdom and helping us stay informed in what's going on in Harrisburg. And I hope you have a great rest of your Easter season. Thank you. You too. God bless you all. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash DAC and clicking the make a donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.